Blog Talk Radio. NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Good evening from the Fairmont in downtown Austin, Texas. I'm Tim Respain, alongside of SpeedweekDigest.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson, he's in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right outside of Richmond Raceway. And my darling wife, Suzanne, is back in Tallahassee, Alabama, man in the phone line. Stephen, how are you doing this evening, brother? I'm making it through, I guess. How's the... How's the weather? I, out, out here in Austin, I checked there. I think I, th- I think we bumping ninety. 
Uh, we're only about 80-something today. Not too bad. Like 94 yesterday. That's right. And uh, to let everybody know, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Spain alongside of Stephen Wilson. Coming up here at... Uh, at 20 after the hour, we've got my good friend, Public Relations Director at Tallahassee Super Speedway. will be stepping in and giving us an update on on the uh, Phase 2 there, Tallahassee Transformation. I know we might get a little bit of insight uh, tonight so that some of the media might not know about. But, uh, Stephen, uh, coming off the All-Star Race weekend, uh, Cal Larson got win number two for Chip Ganassi Racing in the, in the All-Star Race. I don't know what was hotter, uh, Cal Larson winning the race or – Clint Boyer doing a dive bomb on Ryan Neiman in the car. <laughs> well, it certainly was an exciting event, that's for sure. It is probably one of the more exciting all-star races that we've had in, I don't know, it's probably been a handful of more years. Um, you know, NASCAR has tried to tried to change this event up each year. Um to create more drama, more action around the racetrack. And I think they got, um, I think they kind of hit this thing out of the park because you know, we had uh, hard racing throughout the entire Open and the All-Star race, and then we had some short track tempers uh, flare after the race, and I think that's the perfect combination of what NASCAR is looking for. Um as they continue to rebuild the brand uh, around stock car racing and uh, the drivers and the events that they now have. And as you mentioned too, Stephen, uh, bringing back some, I guess, like you called it, short track tempers. That'd be, that's a good thing to call it. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be in uh, be at Bristol that year that uh, Tony Stewart uh, got out and once him and uh, uh, Matt Kenseth had their little deal, and he double-fisted that, uh, that helmet and swung it there at, at Matt's car. And I think, you know, just like NASCAR needs to let them go a little bit more. You know, don't – I you know, I hadn't seen any fines or anything come out today from NASCAR. They might be tomorrow. I don't know if they are. But like you mentioned, stuff like this is what the fans want to see. And as long as they're not going – as long as they're not retaliating with the car, I don't see anything wrong with it, Stephen. Leave it right there, son. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, I hit my mute button. Um, now, what the, what I saw with uh, those two going at it and the tempers that boiled over as soon as uh, Newman did eventually get out, out of the car, um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see where, you know, that's, that's a bad thing for this sport. Um, NASCAR, Scott Miller spoke on this and um, after the race and said that there's not going to be any fines and uh, you know they felt that the competition and drama is exactly what they were looking for um, you know these, these drivers didn't I mean, well, I mean they did they retaliated against one another with the race cars and the cool down lap and then you know it's just this we're throwing around but um, you know I, I, I think they kind of did that and uh, in, in an appropriate manner, which I think is okay. Um, I don't think it's a big deal uh, what they did at all. And uh, you know, if we start seeing more things like this in the future, uh, I think we're going to see continue to see more renewed interest in in the sport. And you know, while it's just one of the things that NASCAR has kind of relaxed on over the years, um, and I, I think that. Uh, I, I think you know we've we've seen them going from boys have at it to uh, kind of defining what that is to kind of relaxing off of that some some more, um, you know over over the past handful or so seasons and um, you know we see in hockey we see in baseball we see in football we see in every other major sport where you know these these types of uh, incidents draw a lot of eyeballs and a lot of interest to the sport and. Uh, you know, rightfully so, NASCAR has, um, you know, allowing this to go to a, you know, a certain degree, and I think we've talked about this in the past, and, you know, as long as, you know, somebody's not using their race car against another individual, somebody don't pick up a jack handle or, or you know, a, 
a, a wrench or something like that and try and hit somebody with it, then, you know, I think we're, you know, I think we're in the right direction and kind of keeping that, um, you know, drama and, um, you know, that, that, that continues to, to build throughout an event and, and the tempers that sometimes that come along with that drama. That's right, Steve. And let's listen to a little bit of uh, Kyle Larson in the media center there at Charlotte Motor Speedway after he won the uh, 2019 All-Star race there. Let's listen a little bit about what he had to say. All right. We've now been joined by our race winner, driver of the number 42 Advent Health Chevrolet, Kyle Larson. Congratulations. You're a million dollars richer. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh, man, it's... Uh, Gosh, after the year we've had, I would have not guessed that we would get our first win at the All-Star Race. But uh, I think the way the, the format is it, it and how crazy the race is, it kind of helps helps out uh, us. And we always seem to run good um, this weekend. So it just feels like a big relief to, to finally get a win. It's been a long time since I've been to Victory Lane um, in a stock car. So, um, and you know, after being close to winning this race a couple of years ago and, and allowing Joey to get by, it feels really good to get some redemption. Well, a couple, a couple of housekeeping um, notes before we go to questions. Um, this is a second all-star victory for Chip Ganassi Racing. And then also, um, Kyle, you become only the second driver to win the Open and the all-star in the same night. Casey Kane is the other driver to do so. So we will take questions for Kyle. If you have one, please raise your hand, and we will get a microphone to you. Start with Jacob. Jacob Zillman, Speed Sport. Uh, two questions for you, Kyle. First, uh, you noted it's been a while, September of 2017, I think it was. Um, Chad spoke to it a little bit earlier, but uh, fr from your side, you know, what have you done over the last year, year and a half, where you've been close and had things keep beating you down, to to not let yourself get down and and just you know keep pushing for a result like this? Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's. Uh... You know, this year has been different for me. Um, I've never worked out before, and you know I, I've I've been in the gym a little bit more uh, this year with Josh Wise, and and just working out with him and and being around him um, puts a lot more confidence and ease into me. I feel like I'm just more calm. You know, I wasn't nervous at all um, that last restart, and and you know I think partly of that is is from you know just feeling like I am prepared. And also losing, um, you know, close races. You know, I just, I just, I, I'm, I feel like I've done a good job of not getting stressed out. Even, you know, even with, you know, me losing the Chili Bowl, I, you know, I, I felt like I was, I was really calm until the last two laps, and I gave the race away. And, um, you know, tonight I wasn't going to let that happen. So, um, with those losses that I've had, you, you grow from each and every one of them. So, um, hopefully we can. You know, continue this, and uh, you know, like I feel like I've be everybody becomes a better driver. You know, the older they get, but um, I feel like I've I've put more work and effort into it this year. And it looked crazy out there, uh, much like it did last year. How do you feel like the racing was different this year, and how do you feel like the cars drove differently if they did compared to last year's package here? Uh, from what I remember of last year's package, you know, I feel like you would get choked down a lot more on the bottom lane than we would this year. Um, so I, I, that's really the only difference I can think of off the top of my head right now. It's, you know, it's been a while. Those, those cars were even slower than what we have, you know, tonight. Um, but restarts were, were intense, um, for sure. Um, you know, that's what makes this race so exciting is it's short runs. People are going crazy. You know, even though it's a 20 lap run, there's still a caution or two in each segment because everybody's just going nuts. And um, so just having short runs like that, I think really showcases this package. You know, I felt like the first run, it got strung out and it would have been pretty impossible to pass, but uh, the restarts were, uh, were wild. All right, Jerry. Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. Obvious question, uh, I don't know what your cut is, but uh, what are you gonna do with the money, man? <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I was joking with Owen today uh, about, you know, what would you want me to buy you if I won a million dollars? And I don't think he understands what a million dollars is. So uh, he didn't really have an answer for me. Um, so I don't have any plans. Um, you know, I think 
too, you know, a million dollars is cool, but just just winning is is more more cool than than a million bucks to me. And I I, I think you know maybe we're just in us drivers or, or NASCAR drivers are in a good good place in our life. You know, it, it pays well, so whatever. But uh, just winning a big race, you know, a prestigious event means more to me than the money. You know, I'm all about trophies and big wins. All right, Pete. Kyle, I know it. I don't know that this seems um, like a. I'm coming from a different perspective, but at Talladega, when I see you do what happened there, I just say, how do you come back from something like that? How do you get yourself in a frame of mind where a month later you're sitting here talking about a victory? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's because I grew up racing sprint cars and and crashes happen and you know I've I've I mean that wasn't the first flip I've ever had so um I don't get I don't get scared from it it doesn't it doesn't rough me up it doesn't bother me you know thankfully I was uninjured um other than just a stiff neck for a couple of days so that also helps you know not get yourself psyched out but um you know really just uh you know I think the string of you know four or five races we had there in a row where we just had issue after issue after issue, blown tire, just penalties and things like that. Um, that stuff's hard to overcome more so than, you know, flipping down the backstretch. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was good to get a finish at Dover, a good finish, a good weekend, and then a decent week at Kansas last week and, you know, parlay that into a victory today. All right, real quick clarification on my part as we continue questions. I read my notes wrong. Casey Kane it won the All-Star Race the year he was the fan vote winner. Ryan Newman was the other driver to win the Open and then transfer in. So just wanted to clarify that. We'll continue with questions. I believe Peter had one, and then we'll come up front. Peter Schrott at TSJ Sports. Kyle, you were one of two drivers to run every lap tonight in the Open and the All-Star Race. Do you think the added on-track time was a benefit? Yeah, I always, I always think... If there's one positive to being in the B main, it's that you get that extra track time, and um, I feel like in that you know the first you know few laps, those guys that are in the B main can be really aggressive because they know the limits of their race car and and stuff, and so you could see the the four of us or whatever kind of be really aggressive and get to the mid pack um, pretty quickly. Um, and then everybody kind of figures it out after that. But uh, there is a slight advantage for the first, you know, 10, 15 laps, I think, of, of being in that race. All right, go ahead. Kyle, Pete McColl with AutoRace1.com. You finished second to Kyle Busch um, back in 2017. This year you won the race, and Kyle Busch pretty much used up his car trying to track you down. Does that make you feel good that you have a little bit of vindication on uh, that loss in 2017? Uh, I think it was the year before, actually, that was more of a bigger loss to me. I think it was 16. Um, I was leading it. I had fresher tires than everybody. Um, got to lead, and, and then Joey was able to track me down and get by me, and, and we just <clears throat> you know, kind of played chicken with each other into one, and I got into the wall, and uh, you know he went on to win. So that one, that's the one where I feel like you know this race you know feels like I got some redemption back because um, I felt like I was an amazing spot to win this race then and uh just didn't get the job done and then I, I don't honestly remember how the race in 2017 went for me i forgot i even ran second i knew I, I knew i've contended to win a couple of these but uh yeah we always seem like i said I, we always seem to run really well um this weekend um for whatever reason my balance is this good and then in the 600 miles we we get really loose or just I make a mistake, hit the wall. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can you know, keep this balance that we got with our car and be strong next week too. All right. I believe we had a question. There we go. Yes, Michael Freer with the Independent Tribune. Uh, Kyle, can you talk about your approach to today? When you began today, you didn't even know if you'd be in the field and <clears> now you come away with a win and a million dollars. How how is your mindset when you get into, when you woke up today? What was your what were you thinking? Uh well I was thinking um we needed to get Owen to T ball on time. Uh he had his last T ball game today. So I I don't know, we were just pretty relaxed. Um it's cool, you know, my crew chief's son 
and Owen, they're on the same t-ball team. So we were both there relaxing. Eric Amarola's kid was in the game before us. So it was kind of funny just to see, you know, everybody's got big stakes, you know, racing for big money, you know, in a few hours, but we're all hanging out there with our kids for a little while. So I was pretty relaxed, but um, yesterday in practice, I knew we had a good car um, compared to the guys that were in, in the, the B main. Um, and then, you know, so because of that, you know, I, I've, you know, I feel like I had to be a little less aggressive um, in that race just to take care of my equipment, to not not dig myself a hole and get some damage where I couldn't, you know, contend to, to win one of those segments. So, um, you know, we were able to try and give it away a couple of different times, but uh, you know, got it done. And, and I was getting a little more stressed out, kind of each caution we had just because I was, you know, thinking how it wasn't going to work out. But uh, we were able to, to make it in and in the rest of history. All right, we're going to go upstairs to the press box. Um, no, I mean, just more frustrated at the luck, probably more than anything. You know, it's, I don't, I don't even know if this locks us into the playoffs or not, but, um, it, it's it tough. It does not. Oh, thanks. Sorry to be um, a barrier bad news. I was it hoping you were going to say it does. Um, don't we get like some playoff points though at least? No? no. We used to? Wow, that sucks. <laughs> but, uh. But you want a million dollars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dang. Uh. So anyways, it's just, it's tough to, you know, as I've learned in my cup career, you know, aside from 2017, um, it's it's pretty tough to make the playoffs. You know, there's a, there's a lot of cars that are, you know, make it, but, uh, you know, those those last, you know, four or five spots, you know, depending on you know, what guys win throughout the season, it's tough to make the playoffs. So, you know, with the the string of DNFs that I had and bad finishes, that that's what was more frustrating just because I knew, you know, we were just putting ourselves – or I know we're putting ourselves in a bad spot to, uh, you know, make it to the playoffs, you know, where you have to be extremely consistent and just take what you can get, you know, from now on, um, where you can't almost be as aggressive as, as you could be if you just had a fast car and were consistently running top five and things like that. So that's what was more frustrating. I feel like we've had, you know, I, I feel like Kansas kind of showed it last week. I, I feel like I've been like a seventh race to kind of 12th place car all season, but I haven't got to show for it. And that's, you know, 7th to 12th isn't that great. You know, I would, a week ago or a few days ago, I would say, you know, we can't win a race like that. Um, but we proved today that we, we could. So um, we just got to continue to keep working hard and, and, and learning what we can, you know, making our cars better and faster and more grip, more speed, everything. You know, pit crew's got to be on it. I got to be on it, um, you know, if we want to continue to run up front. All right. Steve, that was Kyle Lawson there in the media center at Charlotte Motor Speedway after he picked up Chip Ganassi's uh, second win in the uh, all-star race there. Let's go ahead and bring on uh, public relations director from Talladega Super Speedway, Mr. Russell Brown, into the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Russell Branham, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing okay, Tim. How about yourself, bud? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I want to thank you for taking time out to uh, to call in tonight. Uh, I know you had uh, sent me a note. You were out car shopping. Did you did you purchase anything? No, we haven't yet. Uh, we're actually going to go meet someone right now over uh, here in beautiful Birmingham. But um, yeah, I'll tell you, man, it's. Uh, it's always a tough thing whenever you're trying to, to get some wheels for your child, you know. And uh, he decided to, I get well, he didn't decide to, but he actually uh, blew up the motor in his truck a few weeks back. And uh, so we said we got to go get something a little bit better. That's right. You got you you got to take care of Pierce, uh, Russell. That's right. And Russell, if you can, uh, some of our listeners might not know. 
if you would like to talk about it or or not, you named your son after legendary David Pearson. Can you let everybody know a little bit about that? Well, that goes way back, you know, whenever I was a kid. Um, you know, growing up in Darlington, South Carolina, my, my hero was, was David Pearson. I can remember going to the races as a, as a child, you know, four or five years old, and I lived pretty much every lap, you know, with him, pulling for him and going to races all over the southeast. So, um, you know, I, I lived and breathed the, the number 21 Wood Brothers car uh, for, for many, many years. And uh, later on in my life, I got to meet him as, as a youngster. Uh, he used to fly his airplane down to my uncle's airport there in Darlington. And uh, so I got to sort of know him as a, as a, as a small child. And then later on in life, uh, my first job in racing, um, after being a sports rider, uh, I became the PR director for David's racing team, which Larry was the driver back then. And they had won two, uh, what was in the Bush Grand National Series championships. And so I got to travel around for a year with him and just really got to be close with him. And, um, and then of course I went back to Darlington Raceway and was there for many years and continued to work with him, uh, doing things there with him. And then afterwards, when I started working for Jeff Burton, David asked me to start doing some personal things for him, setting up interviews, setting up appearances, that kind of thing. And anyway, just sort of a dream come true almost for a young child to be able to uh, grow up idolizing his hero and then get to to, to be able to meet his hero um, and and become great friends with him. And then in 2011, he he gave me the ultimate uh, compliment by asking me to help induct him into NASCAR's Hall of Fame and got to do that with uh, Mr. Leonard Wood and was – it will go down in, in, in my lifetime as one of the, the proudest moments I've ever had. And um, I don't know, you know, when, when Pearson's mother and I were trying to figure out names, you know, I just I threw it out there one day. I said, you know, the name Pearson, a last name, would make a good first name. And uh, so that's what we did. The, 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 the only carrot was that she wanted me to make sure that I, we spelled it differently. She said, I don't want everyone to think that it's, you know, that the name came uh, from your hero. I said, but it did. Uh, but I agree with her, and we spelled it P-I-E-R-S-O-N instead of P-E-A-R-S-O-N. So uh, um, very proud of my, my son. He'll be turning 20 later this year, and uh, very proud that, that you know, the name came from, from David. You know, we lost David back in November, and um, a, a big loss to the racing fraternity, but a, a, a big loss to me just because he he had become such a dear, dear friend of mine. And um, I'll, I'll never forget him. I've uh, got a lot of great memories uh, that I'll take to my grave with me as well with him. And, Russell, speaking yeah. of uh, of great ones that we have lost, you know, we've had the past few weeks, uh, you know, I know you know about my dad, and we uh, we also lost a really good friend and a really good really good guy. If you Whenever you've seen him, he was smiling all the time. Our good friend Roger Haynes <laughs> with a white flag club. Always Johnny on the spot there at Tallahassee Super Speedway helped anybody in the world. And to let our listeners know, he drove the the iconic John Ray <laughs> Dick rig with an extra condo on the backside of it with American flag. And whenever that whenever that truck come down through the tri-over Russell, it just put chills on me. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what Roger's impact was on on your staff and the Speedway there at Tallahassee Super Speedway? Well, I I think I think his impact goes much further beyond just us, you know, as a staff. I think uh, for him being able to to you had to understand what Roger was all about. He was a a, a, a big time uh, Christian, religious man. Um, just did everything the right way. I can remember he was the first person that I met. It was actually the Saturday night before I started at Talladega Super Speedway. There was an event at the racetrack and. My son and I went there, and he was actually the first person that I met. I'd never met him before, and he just said, look, man, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'll help you any way I can. And, and he was like that from the day I met him until the day that the last time that I saw him, uh, always willing to do anything for anybody to, to help. And I'll tell you, you know, he battled cancer for a couple of years, and um, if you'd gone up to him, you never would have known it because he never frowned. He never complained always had a smile on his face, always was very, very positive uh, in everything that he did. But from, from from touching a lot of people, you know, that driving that American flag around there in that big rig it had become symbolic of, of what Talladega Super Speedway is all about uh, that, with our military programming and, and this kind of thing. You know, it started back in 2001 it, it, during 9-11, and they came back in the fall of that race. And 
and um, started proudly displaying that flag with John Ray's truck. And, you know, John's been a part of that racetrack for a long, long time too. But John decided to, to give it up and to let him, let, let, let Roger be the driver. You know, Roger came from the trucking business as well. And uh, so he's been driving it for many, many years. He's became really great friends with John and, and um, just a, a, a tremendous loss. Uh, and, and, you know, um, I know Amanda's wife and his kids and grandkids uh, are all going to miss him just like we are too. But um, his spirit will continue to live on at the racetrack uh, for a long, long time. And every time that rig goes around, we're all going to continue to think about him. Um, and I hope all the fans do as well whenever they come back in the fall. Amen, Russell. I would definitely agree. Uh, one of the nicest human beings, a guy that would give you the shirt off his back, if I if I per se there, Russell. And coming off, let's uh, let's go back to some Tyler Super Speedway news there. Coming off uh, Phase One that you guys have got going on this fifty million dollar transformation deal. We got the oversized tunnel in. We all got to drive through that. We got the new upgraded RV site right down, or motorhome sites right down there from turn one. And right after the race this past spring, we started demolishing everything, Russell. Can you give us a little update? I know we sent Steve and I out a uh, note with the new uh, with the new NASCAR control tower. But just what are we looking like going into phase two here? And uh, it's supposed to be ready for the October race, correct, Russell? Absolutely. Everything will be ready. i tell you what it looks like right now. Um, I remember I flew out to Iowa many years ago, and all it looked like was just flat, flat land. That's exactly what it looks like in the infield right now, from the media center all the way down past the start-finish line. There's nothing there anymore. The only thing that, that, that remains, the only items that you still see are the still – uh, ISM video boards, the steel structure that was there for those, they have remained, but everything else is completely demolished. It's just nothing but flat land, and what they're doing now, they're going ahead and they're starting to put in sewer lines, they're starting to put electrical wiring and stuff down into the ground, and they're starting to, to start building some of the flooring and stuff that you'll see in some of the garages. Um, one of the garages is close to the media center. I know they're already working on that, so um, a lot of flat land, a lot of digging, a lot of implementation of, uh, like I say, all kinds of uh, sewer lines and electrical and wiring and this kind of thing. That's all going in right now. But um, the, the final building that came down was the scoring stand right across from the start-finish line. Um, it, uh, it came uh, many, many years ago, and, and it's amazing. Probably within about 10 minutes, it was flattened. So it's, it's amazing how long it takes to build and create buildings. Um, but, boy, it does not take very long to take them down. But uh, um, the, the great thing is we've got a lot of great things on the, on the horizon. Uh, I can tell you this, the media center, the way you knew it, they've completely gutted it, and they've, they're putting up walls. They're, they're doing all kinds of things. That will be one of the first things that is completed. They're also rebuilding part of the, uh, the cup garage um, the cup garage is going to be redone down on one end where we're going to have the new driver's meeting area. Uh, so that's already being uh, constructed as well. And then, of course, uh, it won't be long before we start seeing all the other buildings that will start to be erected uh, down inside the garage area. And, Russell, just to add to that, you uh, mentioned the uh, media center there. Uh, there you, that, that's, one of your, that's one of your babies there. You're not going to be able to enlarge it, correct? But I mean, you're you're going to be able to expand it to some to some extent, but you didn't get the package that you wanted for the media center, correct? We we listen. We're we're, we're very pleased what we're getting ready to get. We're getting ready to to add half of where the old drivers' meeting room was as a part of the old uh, Goodyear building. There, we're getting that piece of it, and that's where PR reps and photographers will go, and we're going to be covering the media center to that building. We're going to put a roof line over that building, and we're creating a, 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 um, a small-type uh, eating area in between those two buildings. So uh, we're actually getting a lot more space, uh, so I'm excited about that. We're getting some new radio rooms. Uh, we're getting an interview room. We're getting a lot of things that we did not have in the past. So we're just taking what we've got, and we're updating it, and uh, I can't wait for it to, to, for us to be able to showcase it to you and all the other media as well. 
I can't win either, Russell. And Russell, can you uh, you know you send us notes, and Stephen and I we we send them out to get out to everybody that that follows us on social media and our website. Can you let everybody know? I know your time is limited, but can you let everybody know exactly what is going on right now that is going to be ready for the October race here? There, I'm saying here. I'm in Austin, Texas. There at Tyler Super Speedway. Everything. The, the 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 main part of what we're going to have is the Talladega Garage Experience, and it's going to be 140-some-odd thousand square foot of social area, complete with Wi-Fi, kid zone, viewing areas. We're going to have a tremendously large 140,000 square foot uh, area that's going to be an open-type bar. It is going to be unbelievable. The, that bar area and that relaxation area is going to be connected to 22 of the top the, the top 22 guys in points. The top 22 guys in points, their garage stalls will be right there. You'll be able to walk up and down and view the cars. You'll literally be feet. The only thing separating you will be a four-foot fence uh, from the cars and from the drivers and from the team. So it's going to give people the chance to immerse themselves into the sport like never before. Um, I, I just cannot tell you the kind of access that fans will be able to have now. Uh, we'll have all kinds of uh, concession stands, uh, reduced prices for folks who come in there on all kinds of concession stands where you can get a hot dog for two or three bucks, you get a hamburger for two or three bucks, you can get all kinds of drinks for two bucks. I mean, it's it's going to be we'll have beer in there, refreshments. It's going to be something that when you go down there, you're not going to want to leave. And uh, that will be the sort of the center point of exactly what we're doing. We're going to have a brand-new victory lane where fans will be able to get up close and watch the victory lane ceremonies. Uh, we're going to have a brand-new pit road club that's going to oversee the pits, uh, complete for – we're going to have corporate p- parts of it, and we're also going to have a fan perspective as well where you can purchase tickets in there and you can eat food and drink and beverage all day and have access to it as well. So um, it, it's going to be something that's going to allow fans to be – just basically it's almost like locker room access, and that's really unheard of in today's climate. You know, when you talk about pro football or basketball or, or baseball, whatever the case may be, um, imagine being able to go down there in their locker room, and that's pretty much what you're going to be able to do now is to be able to walk in and out of there and see these teams getting these cars ready to go out on the racetrack. They'll be, we'll have video screens in there. We'll have speakers. We'll, we're going to have all kinds of programming uh, so whenever fans walk in the gate, they're going to be entertained from the time they leave. Sounds awesome, Russell. I can't wait. And my final question, and I'll let you jump out of here. Uh, Grant Lynch mentioned in one of the media deals that I attended there that you invited me to there at Tidal Super Speedway that this is this $50 million project with the oversized tunnel. There's no other track in which Richmond has went through theirs, Phoenix has went through theirs. But with Talladega being so big, this is just an inkling of what could happen in the future, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is – I give uh, credit a lot to our, our, you know, our parent company, International Speedway Corporation. You know, they're not sitting back and not doing anything. They're, they're wanting to continue to create opportunities for fans to be able to enjoy NASCAR and being able to, to, to do it in a different kind of way. You know, they started that with Daytona Rising a few years ago and, and made that into a, an unbelievable facility – And then since then, they've done it at Phoenix, they've done it now at Richmond, and now they've come to us. Um, You know, it's only right that we do it at Talladega because we have the most property that there is in the sport, nearly 3,000 acres. We've got the biggest infield in the sport. Um, And what this is doing, it's, you know, it's making the infield even better than it has been. You know, Talladega's infield is iconic in the fact that it's a great place that people love to go and have a great time. Always has been, always will be. So we're not interfering with, with the RV spots or any of that from Talladega Boulevard or East Aboga Boulevard. We're, we're not touching that. We're just adding the Talladega Garage experience. We're adding the Pit Road Club, Victory Lane, the new garages, the new fan access. We're going to be adding more uh, RV spots down on the inside of the uh, Alabama Gang Super Stretch as well to allow more fans to come in and be able to enjoy the infield as well. So um, I'm telling you, I, just, I can't wait that. I can tell you this, whore construction out of Birmingham is leading the charge on it, and it's amazing how fast that they were able to get rid of buildings, and it's amazing how fast they're already turning things around, getting things going on that infield. Of course, on the outside, we've already got the structure built for the new control tower, which will house NASCAR and, 
MRN and the, the TV broadcasters and, and also the uh, the public address folks. So that's already being constructed up above the uh, the trial area. So a lot of things going on. I can tell you, I've never seen so much equipment moving on four wheels than I have here in the last week. It's just amazing. It is, Russell. It is definitely amazing. And, again, before we let you jump out of here, uh, we normally let drivers that we have on, like Steven said, we normally let them thank their sponsors or thank anybody that you know that has helped them get to where they're at. But uh, if there's anybody that you want to throw out there, I know Gray Bar is a big deal with this phase two. Anybody you want to thank uh, that has helped you get to where you're at or has helped out at Super Speedway, you got the full butter. Well, I mean, you mentioned Gray Bar. They, they have signed on with our transformation project and, and super thrilled to have them as a part of it. Uh, in addition to, you know, we've got great partners in, in a lot of facets. You know, Geico is, is one of our great partners that was with us, has been with us now for a few years. And, of course, we just finished that race uh, just a few weeks back. Uh, Moneyline just signed on with us. General Tire signed on with us in the spring. Of course, we've got a thousandbubs.com and also Sugarlands Shine that's coming in for their first time as well. So excited to have a thousand bubs coming back uh, this this upcoming race for the Cup Series. And then Sugarland Shine, I tell you, looking uh, forward to uh, Mark and Digger uh, from the Moonshiners. I actually talked to Mark a couple days ago. They're extremely excited about coming down and, and, and being a part of our upcoming weekend. And it's just going to be a blast. You know, we couldn't do it without those partners. We have a lot of great volunteers. We talked about Roger. We talked about our White Flag Club. Uh, you know, we've got a great staff. And uh, I tell you, anyone that wants to come and have a great time in the fall, you know, we'll be wearing our yellow shirts. And we can't wait to see you and, and, and try to make sure that you're entertained from the time you walk on onto the property until you leave. And, Russell, I said that's my final question. I got one more. Can you let everybody know where they can get tickets? And uh, the ticket to the to to this awesome deal that's going on, this transformation too. Let it let everybody know where they can get tickets to this big deal. Yeah, you can log on to our website at TalladegaSuperSpeedway.com, and we've actually got a, a a video camera that is showing all the construction efforts that are going on right now. So when you you look on there, you'll see a lot of flatland, uh, like we talked about. Uh, it's uh it's amazing. Russell, again, thank you very much, and thank you for everything that you do for Stephen and I, Suzanne and Marie, and us media people, and for NASCAR. Uh, I could never thank you. I don't know how to thank you. It's just too much thank you, Russell. But, again, thanks, Russell. Absolutely, man. Be safe on your travels back, Tim, okay? All right, brother, I will. I'm headed to Charlotte Friday morning. Thanks, Russell. Go get that boy a vehicle. All right, bud. You take care of yourself. All right, you too, Russell. Russell Brandon there, Talladega Super Speedway PR. Uh, he's out hunting. A, he's out a vehicle hunting. Uh, Stephen, his son Pearson there, like you know, we talked about it, but how he got named Pearson and all that. But Russell's out. He's going to have to come off his billfold. So, <laughs> but anyway, Stephen, there's a lot of amenities like that like Russell talked about with this new transformation phase two Talladega Super Speedway that we will be able to see in. You and you and your better half, y'all are coming down too. So y'all are going to see it for the first time. It's going to be really neat seeing this new. Uh, he called it a beer garden. There's all kind of stuff. The uh, the new uh, cup garages where the fans are going to have access. There's just so much going on. And like I mentioned, Grant has mentioned in a media center deal there. The, the, this you know with your track Richmond doing what y'all did and then Phoenix doing what they're doing and there's a lot of other tracks following suit doing some similar stuff but at Talladega Super Speedway that that massive joint is so huge there's so many acres they got plenty of room to probably do more than any other track on the circuit brother and this is constantly changing within the industry and things change case fairly often in most sports and really any sport. Um, they're looking for new things, they're looking for old things, they're looking for um, ways to connect. They're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a goalpost that moves quite often and sports facilities today are changing the way that they look at their facility as a whole. Um, for example, you know, I was just up in Richmond about a week and a half ago because I'm working on something of 
you know, what these tracks are doing. And, you know, Richmond President uh, Dennis Bickmeyer and me had a conversation on, you know, just what these tracks are trying to accomplish. And, you know, they they see this, um, they see racing as their core product. And they always know that that's going to be their core product. But when they start looking at these facilities as a whole, they start looking at the amenities they have, they start looking at the land that they have available, existing structures that are already there. They start thinking about, well, what can we do with these? And Dennis said that, you know, they they hold about, a, I think, about 175, 200 days worth of events at, at Richmond Fairgrounds, you know, Richmond Raceway Complex, uh, yearly. And this is everything from your core product of motorsports that come in to hunting shows, bowling. Now they're they're adding on to their concert series with the existing amphitheater that's been there since the Sawyer's in the place. Um, and other tracks are doing the exact same thing. And, you know, this is an initiative, as Russell talked about, that ISC, this is really an initiative for them to increase the, or, or give more access to fans who you know, kind of over time felt like some of it was being taken away, and now you can be just inches of feet away from a race car that they're being worked on and prepped for a race. Um, you've got all these new amenities that um, connecting to the Wi-Fi, um, these side amenities like you know, the big one on the boulevard and some of the other things that Talladega and some of these other racetracks are doing. And it's all in, a, it's all in an attempt to you know, refocus the way that these racetracks or these facilities are now looked at and look at them as a whole and see what they can do with them next. Most definitely, though. Exactly, Stephen. And just like Russell mentioned, uh, well, Russell didn't mention I was going to I was going to pose a question to him, and I forgot. Uh, this past spring race there at Talladega, the cell service sucked. The Internet service was fine as long as it was in the media center. But how was everything at Richmond? Didn't Dennis and the didn't Dennis and a group group of they sort of like um, Daytona did? Did they did they beef up their Wi-Fi that way all the fans could have access? Yeah, they they really um, they flooded the end field with Wi-Fi, and now in a majority of the stands and where where you sit, you'll be able to connect to the Wi-Fi. Yeah, there's some spotty places, but when you're talking about of this size, it's like your house. You're not going to cover every square inch, and if you do, it's a massive undertaking. Um, but for the most part, yes, it's, you know, <laughs> Richmond has always been kind of an enigma because it sits right in a heavily populated neighborhood in the suburbs of, of the city of Richmond. So there's always been good cell, cell service, and that even predates the fact of uh, Sprint Nextel coming in, and even today. Um, you know, cell phone service has always been, you know, a strong point for Richmond because of its proximity to a major metropolitan area, and especially where it sits at within the metro area. Um, but, you know, it can still crush the networks, and that's why these tracks are looking at new ways like Wi-Fi, and public Wi-Fi is now available at these tracks, and, um, you know, Charlotte has done the same, Daytona has done the same, uh, INS Raceway has done the same, Talladega is doing it. Every track out there is trying to find these opportunities to to connect people uh, to the on-track action, but also to the events that are that are going on throughout a weekend. Sounds good, brother. Steve, let's take a little quick break. Uh, let's do a song, and then we'll come back and let her, get everybody up to date on the upcoming Coke 600 this weekend that you and I, and Marie, and Darwin, and Suzanne will be able to attend and coverage. Uncover that for everybody there. But uh, again, I'm Timmy Spain in Austin, Texas. He's Stephen Wilson, uh, right outside of Richmond, Richmond Raceway, and uh, I can't get that Richmond Raceway in the Commonwealth of Virginia. We'll be right back after this short break.
I've known some painted ladies that sparkled in the light. Country girls that love the lover's mood. Some I never really knew, though I always wanted to. Some I only met once in a room. Some said they liked my smile, others of them stayed a while. While others left me on the run This is the only way Only way I have to say Matt Benedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to The Pit Stop with Tim Despain. We're back live at The Pit Stop, Tim Despain, Stephen Wilson. Again, I'm Tim Despain, live from the Fairmont downtown Austin, Texas, looking right out at the Capitol here. And he's Stephen Wilson over in the Commonwealth of Virginia, speedwaydigest.com. Stephen, uh... I want to thank Russell Brown and all them and him for coming to watch. I wish I could do that later. But uh, if you can, Steve, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and let everybody know the TV times for the upcoming race weekend there at Charlotte Motor Speedway, the uh, 2019 Coke 600. Yeah, um, so, so this one's going to kick off a little bit earlier this week with NASCAR Monster Energy Series qualifying uh, Thursday night, 7:10 p.m. Um, following that, uh, at 9 o'clock, um, be Arkham Menard Series, 100 laps, 150 miles for them. Um, nothing going on on Friday. Track is a cold track on Friday, so uh, if you're in the area, have plenty of time to go check out some of the race shops and things like that. Saturday morning, 9.40, NASCAR Xfinity Series qualifying. With the Allsco 300, 1 o'clock, NASCAR Xfinity Series racing 200 laps, 300 miles. SS1 has your coverage for that. Then on Sunday, the Coca-Cola 600, NASCAR's longest night, um, 6 p.m., uh, 400 laps, 600 miles. It's the only race in the year that NASCAR has added a fourth stage to the race. Um, the stages will be broke up into 100, 200, 300 and finishing on lap 400. Uh, that will be on Fox uh, beginning at 6. 
Stephen. Thank you very much. And again, what I jumped into a while ago, before I, before I, I tried to tried to put the egg, uh, tried to put the horse before the cart. Uh, I want to thank Russell Brown, uh, the public relations director there at Tidal Super Speedway. He's helped us a lot uh, for coming on, and uh, they're a big deal going on there with the fiftieth fiftieth uh, anniversary transformation deal there. Stephen, they don't let everybody know where they can follow you on social media and your website, brother. You got the floor. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest, SpeedwayDigest.com. Amen, brother. And I will talk to you next Friday in Charlotte when I fly in there and let everybody know. Stephen Wilson and I will be in Charlotte to cover the 600. You can follow us on social media and Facebook and all that and our website. But, again, Stephen, thank you very much for everything that you do for the sport. Thank you very much for everything that you do for the Pit Stop Radio. And, again, I'm going to sign off live from Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm Kim Spain, alongside of Stephen Woods. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night. And I'll do you out Blah.